your call. It is your game. It is your creation. Oh my god, theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth. Hello. Hello. How's it going, Skip? I'm doing pretty great, man. Doing yeah. pretty great, you know. Fantastic. Um, it's a beautiful day to be alive. It is. It's been um, a little while since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell the people out there for the Living Indubiously podcast what you have been doing? Well, I've been uh, off high on a mountaintop uh, for about a week. No, not really. But um, yeah, I've been out. So I, I, uh, I decided to embark upon another aboga journey, mm-hmm. which was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so this okay. particular ceremony was... Uh, Bwiti pre-initiation, mm-hmm. and so um, a little different than the psycho-spiritual journey that I was on last time, mm-hmm. um, which was amazingly useful. It was uh, we did an, another podcast on that um, experience. If you guys want to check it out, um, and I tell the whole story about that first experience. But so the second experience was um, uh, pre-initiation. Yeah, which is the um, it's the ceremony before you, before one would go to Gabon, Africa, and be initiated into the Bwiti tribe. Okay. Um, and so it's a little bit of a different experience in the sense that, um, well, I'll just I'll give my I'll give my experience with the last one for a little reference here. Mm-hmm. Going in, I had a whole lot of questions in my own life, and I was in kind of a sticky spot emotionally. Yeah. And so going into the last ceremony, I had a lot of things to work through and work out. Mm-hmm. Probably still do in my life, but yeah. um, I got a lot of clarity. And so I came out of that experience with mega tears and um, just like a hard dose of the truth. And yeah. that's been beautiful in my life. So the past couple of months, I've been implementing that stuff. And so going into this, I, don't, I didn't really have many questions. You know, I've, I've been going through some... Um, personal life transitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going in and, and trying to get a little clarity on that stuff, but mostly going in to be able to, um, to, to do this pre-initiation to, to continue my, my learning and experience with um, Aboga as a healer. And uh, that's been, um, it's been pretty rewarding. So I got the opportunity and I'll, I'll keep all the names out of this so that um, we, we keep everybody's uh, identity secret but yeah um i went into that helping um this particular friend of mine who has been a, a Bwiti shaman for many many years okay and he was initiated and apprenticed with the 10th generation Bwiti shaman uh-huh. uh the head honcho there yeah and so he's very knowledgeable and and um he's he's the best in the west as far as i'm concerned okay. um so going and um being able to do ceremony i also um assisted at the ceremony for other people that were going through their psycho spiritual journey so the first half of the ceremony was me being able to um watch the shaman um and how he does what he does and be able to help with the um with the ceremony and also with the with the counseling that people inevitably need after they go through that mm-hmm. journey, which was super rewarding, bro. Like I just got. So how did you get into this? Did he he contacted you and 
just said, hey, do you want to do this? The, la- the last time you went, did you establish the fact that you wanted to be involved with the medicine in this way? Or how did well, it, the, this come the about? Me- the medicine established that within me is the best way to put it. Uh-huh. Um, once I once I actually did a boga, I knew it was it was it was the medicine that I needed and the medicine for me. Yeah. And it was also very clear that I could be a, a, a major help and, um, to see the healing that people go through mm-hmm. struck a, a deep chord with me. And the other component to that is that me and this particular shaman, we were just like immediately very tight and very, um, close friend, fast mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. Um, uh, kindred, kindred brother, somebody yeah. that I consider my brother right away, which is very rare for me. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, you know me, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I keep to myself and I have, I have few really good friends and those friends are of really great quality. Yeah. And so I, uh, I immediately took to him and he immediately took to me and we, um, we have lots of similarities. Um, he's a big, um, Vaughn fan yeah. and, um, all kinds of um, different African modalities and Rastafari and um, all these things. So okay. it was it was, um, it was a it was a immediate gravitational pull to want to help not only with his ceremonies but with aboga in general, just because of the the power of that medicine. Far out. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how many people were there to? Actually take the medicine? Yeah. Okay, so uh, people actually taking the medicine this time, I I believe, um, was, uh, let's see, one, two, three. So it was three people on a psycho-spiritual journey and two people there for pre-initiation, myself and one other guy. Oh, okay. And uh, But the pre-initiation takes, so during a psycho-spiritual, you you do two nights of ceremony through the Mm -hmm. week. And so the first night... Uh, was just for the psycho-spiritual people because pre-initiation is one night only. Okay. Um, so for we, one night only. One night only. Yeah. Uh, but so, I will, I'll qualify that by saying a, a, a psycho-spiritual journey, you take a good amount of aboga to get you, to get you where you need to go, uh, to get you um, the healing that you require. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would say that... It, so last time when I had the, the mega journey and it, it blew my mind open and yeah. my heart open, um, o- over the course of the night, I took probably three quarter ta- th- three quarters of a tablespoon three times of a boga, mm-hmm. okay. you know, which was a pretty hefty dose. I yeah. got, I got, I was there. I got into the, I got into the zone, you know, yeah. um, for pre-initiation, it's a little different. So pre-initiation, you really, they, you really get saturated with a boga and joined to the heart and spirit of, of Bwiti. And so my pre-initiation was a, a major dose. So yeah. I took, it was probably full to rounded tablespoons. I took eight of those over the course of that evening. Um, and to get that much aboga just <laughs> down, to swallow that much down is, yeah. a, is a feat in itself. Um, Are you drinking it with water? You have to drink it back with water because the root is an incredibly bitter root. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't wash away. The flavor doesn't wash away immediately. And... Um, it's um, it's very alkaline in your body, and so yeah. you can feel it drawing things out. And um, it's a it's a it's a heavy thing to ingest, even if you're doing a psycho spiritual. Okay, but so the the actual pre initiation was just it was a lot of a boga. Uh, 
ended up uh, taking a whole lot throughout the evening. And so, so what was the experience like the, the high and the height of it? Well, so pre-initiation is an interesting, it's a, it, it's, it's a specific ceremony and, uh, we, so there were people doing the psycho-spiritual at that point at okay. the, and, the, and the night. So we all sat around the fire, um, and there's a fire talk and yeah. that's when you eat the medicine and everybody waits until the medicine starts to, to, to work until they start feeling the medicine and then they're, gu- they're helped and guided back to their, their mats where they can lay down immediately and start journeying. Right. And, uh. So that happened. However, the two people that were pre-initiating, me and one other guy, mm-hmm. we're sitting by the fire and we sat for longer. And so we sat in the chair and we, we also took, we probably took two times, three times as much of a boga as the people that had already been laying down. And so we're advised to sit there. And uh, the next step is, is once... Once that started kicking in pretty strong, yeah, we were to go inside and sit down, but we weren't laying. You don't go straight to your bed and lay okay. down. Okay, we were sitting there and waiting because you're still loading up on a boga at that point. Yeah, and so pretty much every hour on the hour, we would take another heaping tablespoon of a boga and sitting there on the steps watching uh-huh. everything. And so immediately, the brother that was pre-initiating with me, um, he got he got pretty violently ill. Within an hour or two, yeah, and um, so he was he was dealing with some of that. So he might have not gotten all of the aboga down, which just means you're going to have to take more. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really a matter of keeping it down. So we're sitting there on the steps, and the journey journeying had had begun for the psycho spiritual uh, clients. They were laying down and okay. um, and journeying and and going through and. At this point, all the the, the Buiti music is playing. And are you the helping night. the people that are taking the psycho spiritual? I only helped the first night because the second night, uh, the pre initiation night, I wasn't there. I, I was too gone. Yeah, it would have been it would have been difficult to walk. It would have been yeah. um, a little bit much. And okay. I was um, so so we were kind of spared that evening. There was somebody else helping. Um, and so you sit there, and uh, you sit there, and you sit there, and the aboga hits you some more, and you sit there, and then you take some more aboga, and you sit there, you sit there, you sit there. We sat there for a couple of hours, and then um, the shaman was, um, then the pre-initiation starts. Mm-hmm. And so they dress you up in in the traditional Buiti garb, which was a grass skirt and some cat skins. Um, around the waist and start putting this pygmy powder on you. And yeah. the pygmy powder is red and white. The Buiti use red and white. Why is it called pygmy powder? It's made by the pygmies, the pygmy tribe. And so the pygmy tribe was the first tribe to discover a boga. And if you know the pygmies, they're the small, they're the smaller yeah. people. And they were the ones that actually um, were the first to find the aboga. So, so they found it, yet the Buiti tribe are the ones who ended up kind of really cultivating they start i mean yeah so tradition. so it was they have a symbiotic relationship because they live sim, they live in similar areas of of okay. the world Got and it. so they know each other and 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 care for each other is the best way i could describe it to the best of my knowledge yeah um so it's called pygmy powder and it's made with you know 70 different herbs and roots and it's a very holy thing and it's very difficult to get and so oh. at this point the shaman is rubbing um, rubbing the pygmy powder all over me. I'm covered in white, right? He, yeah. The first step is to cover you all in the white pygmy powder. Yeah. As he's doing that, he's running his hand down my arm. And there's just sparks, 
like welding sparks huh. flying off of where he's rubbing it. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm in there, you know, so just sparks are flying as he's putting this stuff on, which I, it just, it felt amazing, you know? So like, is this like a hallucination or is this? I mean, I, I, I've, when I think hallucination of, of a boga, it's actually probably something that's really there. You're seeing or showing energy it. that you don't normally see. Exactly. And so that's happening, and it f- was giving me sort of these goosebumps, and I was I was really feeling that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so you get dressed up. They put the grass skirt on. They put the head. The, there's a there's a head covering, um, and all of these sacred. Yeah, you sent me a picture. Sacred artifact. <laughs> they put the red pygmy powder on. They dot your third eye with the red. They run it up your chin, up your chest. Um, so this uh-huh. this process of getting suited up lasted about. 30 40 minutes and then then i was instructed to take more aboga so i took another big spoonful of aboga which at that point was the last the last aboga and you're already like super oh i mean i was like to the point where i couldn't it was hard to stand up and so i'm gonna take the last one that i'm gonna have to take that evening which okay so i got all of it down without anything coming back out and uh, so then you're instructed to sit in a chair and look at yourself painted up for an hour or maybe two. Yeah. And instructed to tell the shaman anything that you see. Okay. And so I'm seeing my face is morphing. My, I just looked at myself and I saw myself this, 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 I saw the soul of me, like who I really am. And I saw the power that I could, I could, I can, I can hold in this world, my true power, my true force. Yeah. In the mirror, I'm seeing all kinds of entities. My face is morphing. And it was like this really powerful, the imagery I'll never forget. It was burned into my, into my soul because I saw the Bwiti. I saw, um, I saw all these, these, um, African, um, African, uh, animals, giraffes, Um, elephants and uh, even saw jaguars or big cats. I couldn't tell what kind of cat it was. Yeah, but flames are flickering. It's very dim light. And then after that process, I was instructed to lay down. I could finally lay down. And okay. at that point, I really wanted to lay down. <laughs> yeah, I was like hard. It was hard to be in a human body. Could you vomit? Point. So I I laid down. And right when I laid down is when. It felt like three doses of a boga hit me. Mm-hmm. It was just like whoop, boom! Like I, I flew. Like I just my like. Typically with a boga, you have some more controlled visions. With for this particular journey, it wasn't like that. It was going so fast that anything I tried to do or journey to, I just get instantly whooshed past it, and it would just it was just flying at me. And so I mm-hmm. laid there, and I was I was I mean. I don't even know. There was nothing controlled about that experience for me. Huh. So I was laying there and yeah, eventually I got very, just very trying to go with the flow. I got very sick and I was, you know, I had the bucket there. Yeah. Sorry if this is gross, but I had a, a bucket there and I was, you know, heaving into this bucket and I got, it, it felt like I filled the bucket up. I mean, that's how it felt, you know, and it's deep stuff, you know, it felt like the core of my body was, was releasing stuff. So I went through the night and, kept going into morning and it's, you know, maybe seven or eight in the morning and I looked in the bucket and it was like, it looked like there was nothing in there. Nobody took the bucket. I'm absolutely certain of that. Yeah. It looked like uh, just a small amount of whatever was in there. And so all this energy I know just poured out of me, this, this deep, 
yeah. despair that was caught inside the cells of my body. Uh-huh. And so I could feel that all was, was out. And I felt, I felt rebirthed, honestly. I didn't, I didn't have the, the release the, of the first one, which was like, like the relief from all of my misery because I just didn't go in with a whole lot of misery. Right. Um, this was just like... Because you've been doing really good since your first session. Exactly. Exactly. Really good. And, yeah. and, and making these, these, implementing these huge changes and just, you know, loving on myself big time. And, yeah. Um, but so I had so much aboga that that whole day I was, I was, I was very, very in the medicines the whole day. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't move until maybe two in the afternoon, um, to even get up and use the bathroom. I was wow. still like, like a boga will do this thing where, where it will, these just sheets of electricity come through your vision. It's like the time space is just being ripped apart and it's just like, everything's coming out of everything in terms of like, you'll look at a candle and you'll see animals flying out of it. And yeah. it's like, you know, the spirit world is just real and alive. And that was happening to me well, well into the next day. Um, and, uh, just continued to implement. I just felt like a baby. I was kind of just like, everything's all good. <laughs> I'm just here and I'm just resting. You know, there was not, there was yeah. a whole lot of active thought, which felt really good. It was like a r- relief from my own mind. Um, through this process, you know, uh, there was, uh, there was other people that were there that were going through their experience and journey on rest day and rest day is a day for integration for them. Yeah. And so they were going through some, some heavy stuff. And, and so I was still, once I could get around and get moving, I was still engaged with, um, with, with helping there because, um, my, my, uh, my counseling skills are, 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 are pretty good. And, uh, so you were facilitating the healing. I was, I, I kind of wanted to jump up and get back involved because I felt, uh, uh, a soul call to be able to continue to help these people that were there that were going through some things. There was, there was some, there was some situations there that were pretty drastic, some heavy stuff going on, some heavy stuff and, um, some, some things that needed, um, attention and, um, the shaman, he was, uh, he was in, he was in need of a couple extra hands at a couple times. And, yeah. and so it felt good. And I mean, it's just so beautiful. Cause after, after, after a boga, you just like little things, little joys, like you eat some food and you're like, this is the, I'm so happy to be here to yeah. eat this. It's just so great. And yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty wonderful and pretty magical. And, um, it forwards my education so that I can continue on this path, which I'm deeply called to. Okay. Okay. Yep. Sounds pretty awesome, man. It was awesome. Um, so the, the what is the point of the pre-initiation? It's it's that you're you are going to be become a facilitator of the a medicine. No, or? it's more of the, the 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 path of knowledge. You know, aboga is um, uh, it, it teaches us about life. Uh-huh. It teaches us about nature, and it teaches us about the truth. Yeah, and uh, so it's. Initiation is more of a being initiated initiated into the buiti is more about accepting you, that you're a student of life mm-hmm. and you can continue. You know, people that get initiated don't all serve the medicine. They don't all um, want to work with the medicine necessarily. Um, yeah, but you can continue your education from there. It's just yeah. the it's the first step in that process. So is it is it is it also like orienting you with the energy of the tribe or yeah. It and is. so you, you, you join to the Bwiti and at that, at that point, um, at a pre-initiation, you're allowed, 
you're allowed, to, you're held by the Bwiti if you want to take the medicine on your own. Okay. Um, and so the Bwiti will come to you and the Bwiti will stay with you. And uh, there's a deeper intertwining and connection with the, with the original curators of this medicine. Huh. And so um, that spirit stays with you more deeply. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So it gives you, it gives you, it's just one step on the, you know, journeying process towards what I want to do, which I really feel called to do at this point is actually be able to um, do this work and help, uh, help facilitate these healings for people. Um, because this medicine is incredible and I've never experienced anything quite like it in terms of what I've seen. Yeah. Um, such faith in that particular medicine to, um, to help people see who they are, you know, and it's medicine for your life. So it's like, it's, it's like a boga isn't the medicine that does it. It's the medicine that shows you how to do it. Right. And so that's important. So it's, to, it's the difference between a drug and a medicine, essentially. Well, yeah, and in, in, in Western culture, like, so in, in Africa, they don't have, like, they didn't have that concept of drug use. There's yeah. no recreational usage of drugs in the old world. It was medicine to show you things so that you could become better on your own. Right. We have that perversion in our, in our Western mind frame. Well, we have a lot of different quote unquote medicines that are more and addictive and stuff. And exactly. In the, in the, you know, the colonial colonialization of Africa, there, there is obviously, um, situations like that, that arise now. Yeah. Um, but not with a boga, a boga is not like that. So it's just you not know, fun enough. I think, you know, I know lots <laughs> of people, itself. lots of people in the spiritual community and people that are seeking, um, truth, you know, like f- we'll take ayahuasca for instance, ayahuasca has become popular in the West. Yeah. And now you, I know, I know people that do ayahuasca and think they got to keep doing ayahuasca and they think they have to, they have to continue it as if the medicine is what the medicine is. Like the medicine is the, uh, the healing. Yeah. The medicine is a, is a, is a window into yeah. a world that if you can see the world, if you have some light to illuminate it, you can navigate it yourself. Right. And so the whole idea between, behind doing medicine is that you can make your life the medicine where you can walk in your life and, and make, make discerning decisions, um, that will take care of you and your loved ones. Like that's the, that's the point of medicine. Yeah. And so, um, making that distinction is important, I think. Yeah, it's crazy um, having not done the medicine, um, but just being closely integrated with you, your energy because we're, you know, very close in a lot of things that we do through our, you know, life and business and work and path mm-hmm. and um, experiencing the benefit. Mm-hmm. It's like I really genuinely don't feel like I need to take the medicine. I mean, not that, not that my I'm shut off to that idea, um, yeah, yeah, and not everybody does. I mean, I think I think when you, I think you've done a lot of work that's helped facilitate healing for yourself, which is work that Aboga would show you how to do anyway. Yeah. So it's not it's not necessary. It's not necessary unless you have questions you can't answer. Yeah. You know, things you don't see about yourself, or, or ways in which you hurt yourself and and don't like how you do that. Um, so what about health ailments? What about people with cancer? Or- I mean, uh, seizures or I have such faith in this medicine and, um, the, the shaman has seen so many things and I've read so many cases of people healing some really amazing, amazing Well, how do, do just, you take it and then it heals it or does it show you the emotional blockage that's creating it? Or? Well, a, a boga is a very intelligent medicine. Yeah. It's very, it's a master, master, ancient, um, spirit. 
and it it's a technology that we will probably never understand. Yeah. Um, it's, it does stuff in, in realms that we don't truly walk in that often. Okay. And so, um, it will go in and be a different experience for, for whatever the intention is and for the person that's taking it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'd say that first of all, you have to want to be healed. Um, one of the traps of, of wanting to be healed is, do you really want to be healed? What does that mean? You know, uh, a lot of people say they want it they're not willing to do the work. It's like, it's like, uh, I'll give you an example of somebody that, um, you know, eats Doritos and McDonald's all the time, gets cancer, but isn't willing to give up the Doritos or the McDonald's. Yeah. It's like, you don't really want the healing. Right. Right. And so, um, those things are that we have emotional addictions, um, things that we don't really know that we identify with on a personal level. Yeah. Our, our personalities, re- they almost rely on these dysfunctions in order to know who we are. Yeah. And so you have to go through a little bit of an ego death in order for those things to be eradicated. Do you think that's why it works? Do you think it's just giving people a clean slate emotionally? No, I truly believe, and from what I've seen, that it actually it does give you a clean slate emotionally, but it also allows you, if you really want the healing to see the source of your suffering and be able to, uh, simplify the healing. Yeah. Um, it's something that, um, it's just, it's so hard to put into words because once you get the components of, uh, it's almost the codes for creation is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a plant that shows humans how to remember how to be an original human. What it's like when you, like you're, like you're fresh out of the factory takes away the complicated shit that we've learned so to speak all the stuff that's that's damaging to us it goes no 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 let's pay attention to this because this is this is you're actually much simpler you're, you're complicating things with your mind yeah. and so if if you can get out of your mind about the healing the healing will work and I've seen it do that you know yeah. and so it, it's 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 an incredible incredible thing that this particular bush is essentially placed in the garden of Eden in the middle of Africa where original people sprung up, whether, whatever you believe, yeah. you know, either way, if you believe in evolution, you believe in Adam and Eve, Adam and evolution, we know science proves it came from one, one spot, this one, this one yep. valley in Africa and everybody's African. Everybody's African. Everybody's African. And, Far out. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's just this, it's literally the, the plant that was right here for the handbook. It's like the handbook. And, uh, it just, it shows you and you can ask it whatever you want. And uh, the, the experience, the psycho spiritual experience is, is incredible because it's almost like a cursor or like a Google search where you have direct, you have direct access to your soul. You can meet your soul, ask it questions and, go visit anybody you want and get the answers that you're looking for from the spirit world. And it's, in, it, that's invaluable, man. It's, it's blows my mind, blows yeah. my mind. So what, what's your plans for the future, man? You want to take this into your, take this into your world? You want to, well, everything that I do in my life is healing. That's what I do. I'm a healer. You know, music is just a medium for my own delivery of my own intrinsic knowledge. 
yeah. and my gifts. It's a, it's a way for me to deliver my gifts. And what I've found through this medicine is that it's another way for me to deliver my gifts through the, the counseling and helping people integrate this, this, uh, this particular experience. And so I see it hand in hand with what I do. Mm. It coincides. And then also to be able to, you know, for instance, we have people that are going to listen to this podcast. Really? We have, you know, being able know to be that. on stage, and I'm not talking about getting on stage and going, a bogo will save your ass. Like, I'm talking about, like, yeah. the medicine actually coming through me yeah. to do the work, to speak the, the words that I speak. It's, it makes me more immersed in my life experience. Yeah. Like, I can feel the words I'm saying deeper. Um, yeah. And I can, I can see the way in which the things, my actions, how they change me and others. Yeah. And so then I want to choose correctly. And so this is a, this is a, just another way of amplifying all that, all those gifts, you know? So do you think it's, do you think that there's some precautions around it? Like we want to say to people, uh, you know, this well, may not all, be for you <laughs> kind of a thing. First or? of all, I say we aren't doctors and, um, we're not suggesting that you do a boga in any sense. We, um, we're merely sharing this experience. Um, but I will say that for those that want to seek it, um, there's certain medications you can't be on and take it. And you certainly, certainly don't want to take it on your own because we don't, you don't know the experience you're going to have. You need to have somebody that's trained and knows exactly what those experiences are so that you can get the best benefit possible. Cause yeah. I'm telling you right now, you may get some healing from it if you did it on your own, but you may not. And if, if you get more confused, you can actually do more damage to your, your, your psyche and your spirit, um, by not being able to, you know, understand the process of what yeah. happened. Um, and you know, you want to speak to, you want to speak to a medical professional, you know, heart problems, things like that. It's not necessarily, um, good to take these into your own hands. You want to make sure you know. Um, so if you do want to look into it, I would say that, uh, you can, uh, you can check out, uh, you can check out all the, all the, all the links on, on Google and stuff like that. But, uh, if you wanted to discuss uh, a potential ceremony, a boga healing.com, mm-hmm. um, those are the people that I know and trust and love. Yeah. And, uh, I know that they do good work and I know that, uh, they care very deeply. So yeah, it's a boga healing.com mm-hmm. and, uh, you could set up a, you could set up a retreat. Hmm. Um, it's legal in Costa Rica. It's legal in Portugal. Uh, far out it's illegal in several other countries as well but here in america it's schedule one interesting we uh we take um you know major precautions with that medicine um and it's to be respected you know first and foremost you got to respect it it's a wise wise elder that knows what it's doing but you don't take it willy-nilly you don't order it online and take it you know it's uh it's a it's an experience that's that's worth your your effort and time to make it as comfortable and as um, influential in your life as possible. Far out, yeah, really good, man. You know, I feel like I feel uh, way more grounded in my um, original understanding after the first journey. I feel like like I I got a whole lot of of grounded, rooted peace from it. Yeah, like I feel immersed in my life like everything is just just good reassuring you know fantastic bro i'm happy for you man yep that's what i want for you yeah it's a joy and so it's a it's a 
it's a good thing, you know. Um, I think uh, I haven't really come across any, I've, I, you know, I've been on a path of trying different medicines pretty much my whole life. Yeah. And I haven't found anything that's like this master healer. It's something that is, is beyond this world. And um, So do you, you feel like it's it's your kind of your past of trying different substances that you thought may bring you closer to some sort of understanding or some sort of a just even feeling of happiness that led you to ended up leading you to this medicine? All my all of my drug is so I've I've been I've been a, a, some type of addict my whole life. Yeah. And every single drug was an, an effort to find peace within myself because I didn't truly love who I was and didn't see me for who I was, mm-hmm. didn't see my value and was trying to find relief from that. Yeah. Um, and the only med, the only medicine that I have actually found that has, um, shown me the way as a boga because it showed me, it showed me how to love myself and that I didn't, yep. that I didn't need anything to do that. <clears throat> and, um, so it's, it's the antithesis of addiction. It's the, yeah. it's the other side of addiction, which is, um, why were you addicted? Cause that was a band aid. It's like a band aid to, Oh, drugs. I'm addicted to drugs. Well, not really. You're addicted to some sort of dysfunction within your spirit yeah. that you can't see clearly enough to understand the root of why that is. Yeah. And I was like, a boga showed me how to take care of my young self, mm-hmm. the person that wasn't getting the things that he needed in order to love himself yeah. and show me how to go back and actually give those things to me so I could change now, which yeah. is, it's, it's just crazy, you know, and I've, you know, ayahuasca had a lot of benefit for me, but it's just nothing close, man. There's just nothing close to this, you know. So what do you say to the people out there? I mean, I'm sure 99% of everyone who's listening has some type of addiction, you know, whether it's sugar, caffeine, nicotine, weed, Alcohol. Hard, hard drugs. Right, right. Um, what do you say to those out there that may feel kind of trapped or feel stagnant, you know? Do, do you suggest to them? You got to want it. You got to really want it. Um, I posted something on my Instagram. It was like, you can't defeat demons that you still enjoy playing with. <laughs> and so you have to decide. You have to decide. It's, this life is about absolute choice. You get the choice. You could you could continue to be an addict. You have to ask yourself, hey, is this working for me? What are the pros and cons? Am I happier this way or would I be happier without it? And sometimes when you're in the addiction, you can't think that you'd be happier without it because you don't know how, what happiness is. Yeah. But are if, you happier now without it? So much more happy. Like it's not even, it's not even close. Do you miss it? Not at all. I have, I have no, no there's no aspects of it that you miss. Well, so a boga is amazing in the sense that I have zero cravings for anything. Um, but I also have a divine perception of why I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's twofold. Yeah. Like it wipes away, uh, it wipes away your, your, your feelings of need for any other substance, but, yeah. but it also gives you the, the, gives you the knowledge of why you wouldn't want to do that again. Got it. Um, and so I'd say that, you know, if you have, if you have addictions that you want to, you have to decide that you really want to get rid of them. And if you decide you really want to get rid of them, you have to have ultimate faith that there's something out there, out there that's better. 
you have to have something you have something you have to addiction is funny because you have to have something else that you want to do yeah you have to focus your energy on something you love right because you can't just focus your energy on not doing drugs you have to focus it on doing no and i'd say if you focus your energy on not doing drugs is a surefire way to do drugs again that's kind of like the aa or na approach is let's all focus on not doing drugs which can work but it can work, you're but still, you have to white knuckle your way out of everything. You're just kind and of then, addicted to the other thing. I don't know if it's much happier, but it's definitely sober. But you yeah. you don't want to just be sober and miserable. You well, want to be sober and happy. One thing I've noticed that, that I feel, because I have gone to NA a bunch of times, and I still continue to go every once in a while, is that the benefit to me that I see is that someone who is really stuck on the train of addiction... And you stop, you're essentially white knuckling unless you have this, you know, profound aboga experience or some sort of like epiphany. Like this is a way that you can go and, you know, have a kind of a community and talk to people about it and stay, stay in the energy of there is hope because you go to NA and there's a bunch of people there that have been sober for years and years and years. Now for me, the, the downside of it is that like now I went to one a little while ago and um, it just felt like a bunch of people that are still in a vibration of uh, addiction, yep. which is why they need it in order to, to help them out of it. And myself, I don't feel any urge or addiction to where it just kind of just, it didn't lift me up so much. Well, there's such thing as being an, being addicted to being an addict as well. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you my view on it. It's like being an addict they tell you to never you're you're always an addict once you're an addict yeah which i agree with to some degree but the problem with that yeah. is that when you're an addict forever all you do is think about that mm-hmm. and what you what what i what i choose to do is is remember yeah i i i will i will i will remember the misery regularly yeah but i don't dwell there i immediately go ah Gratitude. yes i remember and I'm so happy for where I'm at. Yeah. And then I take that happiness and I steamroll that into a project that I'm working on. It makes yeah. me – so I don't build momentum in that direction mm-hmm. because you don't want to sit there and dwell on the fact that you're an addict. That's not healthy. You do want to, however, remember your addictions. Yeah. You want to remember how miserable you are and then immediately <clears throat> feel the gratitude, yeah. elevate that emotion up high, yeah. feel that gratitude for where you're at, and then move on in your day with that gratitude. Yeah, I do believe there are some people that are at such a state of their addiction where they don't really have a whole lot of gratitude to focus yeah. on regarding their addiction. And, and, and in those cases, I do, I do believe that the um, that something like a, an NA or a group, you know, can really help. I mean, there's people that the twelve step program has. Helped yeah, it's a, a good lot, thing. A lot of people. One thing to keep in mind about about AA, I forget the guy's name, Tom. Something. What is his name? I don't know. The guy's anyway, name. a guy who wrote the program. Um, the, one of the one of the lines in the book is that that in order to you know have cessation from drugs and alcohol, you have to have a revelatory spiritual experience. Yeah, and that's why they focus on God, and a lot of people yeah. get turned off to that. Higher you know, power, atheists, higher, higher power. power. Um, but the truth remains that something has to something has to change, and sometimes a boga can be that, or or. You know, a deep meditation can yeah. be that. Something that changes your life. Somebody, uh-huh. a loved one passing. These kinds of things can can do those things yeah. because you need something to shake you out and break you out. Yeah. And um, 
it was un- it's my Shake under- and break, it's baby. my understanding and i'm you know don't quote me on this but i've i've heard this from several sources that he's his spiritual experience was actually an lsd trip yeah can uh, we fact check that <laughs> you over there we don't, we're not exactly joe rogan so we don't have yeah, a, we don't have a fact a checker guy, in here but um yeah it's uh we do need to look that up though i want to find that information out but you know that's you know something that shows you yourself is not a drug something that takes you from yourself is a drug yeah and the same medicine that showed you yourself can eventually take you from yourself right. if you continue to use it yeah and so these are these are things you have to keep in mind when doing any of these medicines like so do you think about that in regards to aboga for of example course. well i'm like you know th- i grew up in the west you know i grew up in this culture in this society although i think much differently in a more mystical sense yeah i still look at it and go oh what you're gonna take a drug to get rid of drugs yeah and right there that's the that's the perversion because that's not that's not true. And so you have to, you have to remember what you're doing and remember why you're doing it at all times. And a boga is not recreational. You're not going to, you're not going to go, Oh, cool. I'm going to take a boga today. It's Cause it's not <laughs> fun. It's not, it's, I mean, it doesn't have that value. Um, because it's so, it's so, it's so potent and powerful. Yeah. Um, but it's important to remember those things, you know, you, you, you don't go in because of, a, you know, I don't want to work with a boga because of a boga. I want to work uh-huh. with a boga because of the, the, the healing I have seen in people and the transformations I have seen in their own self. And that's them doing it. That's not yeah. a boga. That's them seeing themselves and then picking their asses mm-hmm. up. They pick themselves up. They get out of their own mind. They get back into their heart. They remember why they're here and they walk forward and they do great things in the world. And that's what I like to see. That's what I want to see for everybody. That's what, that's what my hope for the music is, is that can raise the next generation that, um, that it can, it can transform this world through, through that type of healing. Yeah. And so a boga is not something you play with. And, um, but let me tell you something. It is one of the greatest drugs known to man. When I say drug, I mean, Ibogaine, so we call it a drug over in the West, but it's one of the best things to detox heroin addicts. I mean, people with a 30-year heroin addiction can go in and do one night of Ibogaine, which is the chemical yeah. um, derivative of the main alkaloid of Iboga, and um, come out clean with no withdrawal symptoms. I mean, this is a miracle. It's crazy. It's a miracle. It's crazy. Um, not only that, but they go... I love myself and I'm so sorry. All their shame comes out. It just breaks like an egg. Yeah. It just, all their, all, they just start gushing water from their eyes because all that shame and guilt breaks. Yeah. And the dam breaks and then they see themselves and they might not like what they see at first, but they know damn well how to fix it. Yeah. They know how to pick themselves back up. At least they know the first step, even if it looks like a mountain to climb. Yeah. And like, for me, that is like, it, it just makes me want to cry. It's so that's just such a beautiful gift mm-hmm. to see somebody pull out of that, that garbage. Has it in changed life. your, just your view of addiction in general? Totally. I mean, for me, the first psycho spiritual, um, I, I did, I, like I said, in the first episode, I did, I began several years ago for an opiate addiction and, um, got me clean, but I was able to see through my experience with Ibogaine and Iboga that everything in my, you know, we say this all the time, everything happens for a reason. And it sounds so nice and fluffy. It's a very cliche thing to say, but I saw very clearly that every choice that I made 
had good and bad. They had sequences and consequences that that followed them and vibrational patterns that led out to different things. But all of it sort of sort of circled around to this experience that I could break free of it. And it's almost like it all happened in perfect timing, led up perfectly, and that I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't go back and go like, I really wish I never was an addict. I go, no, man, that's my superpower. That's like, yeah. And for any addict that's listening out there, that's your su- getting clean is your superpower. Addicts are the coolest people possible. They're the people yeah. that, 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 they're like the warrior children. That's of what Abraham world. Hicks says too, is that people who are addicts are usually better off than other people who are just miserable and deal with it because they, they've chosen to put their, how they feel as a priority. Yep. They want to feel good. They've just chosen a bad path to get, to it's get just there. Like training yourself out of wanting to feel good and accepting feeling bad is like dimming that light. Yep. And, and so, you know, addiction is, is viewed in a, in, a, in a derogatory way in the Western society as if it's a problem or a disease. And uh, I don't see it that way. I think it's because of its, the fact that it's a drain on society that it's viewed that way. Yeah. But we don't think of others as part of ourselves in the West. Right. And so um, we need to start doing that because our brothers and sisters need our help and that we can help them by doing the work ourselves, getting clean, doing those things that we need to yeah. do in order to become better human beings for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, that, that changes the world. Like I wouldn't be here speaking these words that somebody might hear in this podcast that might change their entire yeah. direction had I not done the work. And so you hear this fluffy thing where it's like, well, it all starts within. And if you change yourself, you change the world. And people go, yeah, bullshit. Like it's a fluffy energy thing or and whatever. it's not bullshit it's actually real and tangible and you can see it and you can see it in, in things like this i wouldn't be speaking these words from experience had i not gone through the fire to share it with somebody else that's listening that might decide to wake up today and mm-hmm. change the, the the course of their 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 life and the course of history because yeah. they go on to do great things you can't do that shit as an addict. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be working at a compromised thirty to fifty percent your whole entire life and struggling the whole way. Think of how much bandwidth it takes to to think about your next. I mean, you know, anything's uh, anything that you know you're addicted to. You know when you know. Um, yeah. Think of how much bandwidth that takes up in your day. Thinking of how you're going to take care of that or the shame you feel around doing this or that, and how much how much clearer and better off you would be if you were in a position where you were thinking about the things you were going to do today that you were excited about. It's, it's, a, it's a game changer for humanity. Well, it's also that thing you said about treating yourself as your child, you know, like, would you give your child drugs? <laughs> well, no, and not, and not only treating yourself as your, ch- as, a, as your child, but your own firstborn baby. Yeah. And think of the implications. Any parent out there, I'm not even a parent, but I know what that means and how that feels. Yeah. It's the kind of love where that, that being could do anything and you're still going to love it. Yeah. But you, would you let it do those things to itself? No, you would not. And so why do we have such a disc? And, you know, where's that disconnect in, in our society? People don't think that way at all. Because they never, they believe that the way that they were loved is the way that they are is loved. what they deserve. Yeah. They, they believe that the way that they were raised is what they're worthy of. And for good reason. But that's not, that's not how, that's not how a parent 
you can go in and break the chains of ancestry and trauma by becoming your, your giving yourself exactly what you deserve, which you deserve everything as a child of God. You're just you're here on this planet just like everybody else, and you deserve the best. And you'll return to the source again, and the source is, eternally loves you. And that's one of the things Aboga gave me too. I got to go see my soul, and my soul looked at me. He was me, but he was like, you know little he was like uh he was wearing different clothes and some a shirt i had on like 10 years ago uh-huh. and a hat i different used to wear and it was me and he, how much he loved me was it was obvious through his look and his embrace how source how god how the 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 creation of all the energy that created everything how that views you yeah and it views you like a firstborn child it views you that way. And if uh-huh. you do that, then you are resonating with that God energy. Yeah. And you can essentially do anything on this planet that you want to do because you now have permission to do it. You're now, uh-huh. there's no, there's nobody judging you except for you. Yeah. And so, you know, as we start looking, stop looking through the lens of our trauma, we're able to heal it. You know, we, we don't have to look through these, these muddy glasses of, you know, our alcoholic father or, um, you know, these people that were hurting that brought us in, imperfect beings brought us into this world. And you can't expect them to do anything but treat you exactly how they view themselves. And so you, you just got to go in and do better and know better. Um, and that's all possible. It's all possible. And if you want it, you can have it. You know, the first step is, is getting real and getting honest, being honest with yourself and, and admitting the places in which you don't love yourself. If you don't love yourself today, if you don't know what that feeling feels like, if you're confused about why that would be, or no, I'm not really worthy of love, ask yourself why, you know, ask yourself, what is it that makes me feel like I'm not worthy? Yeah. Just at least, at least get to the, to the, the root of the confusion, even if you remain confused, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you ask the questions of how to fix those things, those answers will come to you. Yeah. Um, and Emboga can help. You know, I would, I, I highly, I, I highly believe in this medicine and I highly believe in, um, you know, the power that's in each and every person in this, on this planet. You don't need a boga. You can do it in other ways. There's a myriad of other ways to do it. And, um, but your, 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 your duty as a person on this planet is to do that for other generations. It seems like the aboga is just really the, facilitator of opening that door to the self-love and the self-love yep. is the cure it'll, it'll just show you yourself it'll show you the truth about yourself yeah. and if you're willing to look at it you can change it you can change it if you're not willing to look at it i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you what sort of implications do you feel like it has for for you as a musician as an influencer on stage, on tour, well, it tied making me, music. Yeah, totally, dude. It tied me directly, directly to, to the to the feeling that um, that I truly do love who I am, and I now I know how to break the chains of, for my own my own bloodlines and ancestry. Uh-huh. I know how to um, heal myself for the benefit benefit of all, which allows people to to walk the path to heal themselves as well. Yeah. And so I feel intrinsically tied to every single human being, even the ones that are suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just amplifies my ability to get on stage and, and, and do this work because I know what I'm truly doing. You know, I know, I know why I'm there. I'm not, I'm not blind to the fact that, you know, 
there's been times in my life where this was an, it was an ego game to be on, on stage. Yeah. Now it feels like a service to myself. It feels like a service to others. Yeah. Um, it feels like I am, I am doing the thing in which I was, I, I chose to come in and do. Yeah. To deliver the thing I chose to come in and do. And that feels really good. It feels really good. It feels like I'm at, I'm at peace and at home with it now, you know. Where um, before I was like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? I mean, not always. I had, these aren't new perceptions for me, right. but to hold them. And in times of anxiety, to, to be able to go back home to my heart. In times of confusion, times of conflict, and go uh-huh. back and go like, oh, no, this is a passing moment. Yeah. You know, stuff like that just gives me peace. Um, my mind doesn't interfere so much, you know. So do you feel do you feel like you're healed, or do you feel like there's more work to be done, or how does that feel to you? Um, I think it's funny if you're to say I think I'm healed, right? There's part of me that doesn't like that, but the truth is, is that we're always we're always already healed. Yeah, it's how effective we are at getting out of our own mind and out of our own way. And so, like, you're perfect. You're not becoming anything. Yeah. You're actually perfect just the way that you are. You're actually perfect. Behind the scenes, you're a complete being. So, in a sense, the way that you become it is by realizing that you already are it. Yeah, you realize you're already... You realize the ways in which your mind mucks it up. The way the ways in which your mind gets in the way of uh-huh. you experiencing that peace now. Well, then how do we grow, though? If we're already there and we're already perfect, how do we grow? Well, it's a process of refining our own our own experience, right? So it's a process of actually feeling the emotions of being there. Because if you can't feel if you can't feel the peace and joy of being an enlightened being, then you're not an enlightened being because it's a feel it's, it's a feel it's a it's an energy field of emotion that you feel at peace and at oneness. And when you're there, you're there. Problem with enlightenment is you pop in and out of it constantly. Yeah. You're in and out of enlightenment. It's a I garden agree. you have to water, man. Like you can't just plant some squash out there, give it a little water, and it's happy today. And you go, oh, I got squash forever. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. You take care of your squash plant. You know, you have to get up in the morning and you gotta, you know, say some prayers to it. You mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta rub it with a diaper, whatever you do. Okay. You know? <laughs> whatever your squash uh ceremony is squash polishing um, ceremony exactly so you have to you have to garden it you, you have to you have to you have to tend to it and um so you pop in and out of these states all the time it's it's your frequency and being able to get back to it that uh-huh. determines whether or not you've made it there you know mm-hmm. and so yes it's a it's a process of realizing you're already there but it, that's just words if you don't feel it. Mm. You know, I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already there. If you know you don't feel that way, if you don't feel that way. Yeah. But the moments when you feel that way, there's nothing that can, you know, there's nothing that you can get that you need. Well, there's a difference too between knowing it and feeling it. Because it's like, it makes sense that we're already there. If the the simple fact that we all there's always more to grow means we'll never be done growing. Right. Therefore, where we are is as good as we'll ever be. 
It's just that's simple logic. If growth if growth doesn't stop, then you're as good as you'll ever be, but the the progress will continue. It means you never arrive at a destination. Yeah. And so if you're not arriving at a destination, how can you prejudge the fact that you need to be better or you you think you're worse? You can't. That's your yeah. own judge. It's, yeah. the, it's the own that's the own witness. Yeah. You know, um, taking over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like, the way. To, that's the way to to intellectualize it so to speak okay yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. makes sense that we're already there because we're already we're going to always be growing therefore we're already there but then to actually feel it i think when you when when something makes sense it doesn't that you you're you're only halfway there yeah because you have to test it with your own heart how does it feel yeah because if you can't feel it thinking it makes no difference you can get caught in thoughts forever yep um that's true but it's so i would i would say that that feeling what the feeling of enlightenment feels like is, you know, the passage I like is Matthew thirteen twelve in the Bible, which is uh, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he was like, um, for he who has everything more will be given. Yeah. And for he, he who has nothing more will be taken away. Yeah, that's a good one. It took me a long time to realize what that meant. And my analysis of that is that in the moment of enlightenment, you have everything, you need nothing, and it's all here right now. And that's when the channel of non-resistance opens up in the it's universe. It's the vortex. Yeah, it's the vortex that Abraham talks about. And then that's when everything you've ever wanted or, or believed you were worthy of having is coming right to you. In fact, it's already coming to you so much you already feel as if you have it. You need nothing. Yeah. And then when you feel like you're separated from it, it keeps getting taken from you because you need something. You need something that's, you know, the believing that if you get this thing, you're going to feel happy. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. I had an experience recently where I was, due to COVID and moving and all kinds of stuff, I had no money. Zero. I was like running out and, you know... um, couldn't afford anything. And I'm like, oh, if I just had some money, I'd be so much happier. Yeah. I'd just be so much comfortable. And some brilliant stroke of goodwill came my way and I was able to get a, get some money. And I had a little bit of money. Enough to be like, okay, I'm comfortable for a couple of months, you know? Yeah. I had no difference in feeling. Yeah. I realized that whether I had that money or not, I'm exactly the same, and I'm, I'm a culmination of all my thoughts and deeds and actions right here today, that that money did nothing other than make me not have to think about money. But the only reason I don't have to think about money is because I felt like if I had money, I'd feel better. Yeah. But it's just not true. It's not true. Yeah. If, if you can find that peace now, then you, then you have everything you need. And not only do you have everything you need, but all that stuff you think you wanted was, is coming to you anyway. And it's a it's a good place to be. So anyway, we bop in and out of these states. So I don't think it's possible to say that, um, you know, that we're we're becoming something, or we are the thing. Yeah, or we are the thing. Or you know, when I finally get this job, I'll be happy. No, you won't. Yeah, you're going to be the same you. You're going to be carrying the same thoughts, and you can do all the work you need to do without any tools to do do it with. So you think the closest we can get is just that realization? That's a, that's that's it. 
when you have everything yeah. when you have everything you need and you're you're in a, a heart space and I'm talking about a, not a thought of gratitude yeah but the feeling the elevated emotion of gratitude yeah. when you're in that space and you're really appreciating where you're at you can see your life clearly and in that moment you have divine yeah. peace yeah. that's the moment and that's that's what you strive for and that's that's what that's what you work mm-hmm. for um and you get better at it, you know. You 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 train yourself to to learn to feel that in, in situations. Hmm. And get get into a situation where you're struggling. Um, let's say you have a broken foot. You broke your foot today. Ah oh, shit! I broke my foot. Oh, this sucks. I can't walk. And you start thinking about all the ways you can't walk. Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, this is really about. Yeah. Well. You can you can actually take that. I've done I've done this, so I know it's possible. You can look at that foot and go, "I have a broken foot. What a miracle it is to feel that." <laughs> like I know it hurts, but what a joy what a joy it is to even be a being that gets the possibility of feeling pain. Yeah. If I didn't have this body, I wouldn't have the perception of the pain because the pain right now is going to turn into healing. And when that healing comes, I'm going to have intense gratitude yeah. and my foot's going to work again and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And if you can get to those spaces in the moment, and you can see, you can kind of play the tape forward and see what's going to come. Yeah. Then you have gratitude for the entire experience. It doesn't make your foot hurt any less. It, it's not going to take away the pain, but the need for the pain to go away is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we, we need to be in bliss all the time. No, you don't. You wouldn't have came here if you needed to be in bliss all the time. Yeah. Because you were already in bliss. You came here to grab a body yeah. and to do this cool you know, experiment. You know, it's like an interactive experience with pain and pleasure. You get to go through and run the gamut of all the 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 stuff, and that's a three D interactive puzzle. It's freaking awesome. You know, yeah. like I had that feeling. I was laying in the hospital. I had a lung infection. I was getting IV antibiotics, and I'm, you know, at tail end of a flu. And I was like, I felt like I got hit by a truck. And I'm laying in a bed, and I should be down recording. I should be down mixing an album with Evan and all these things. And I'm just like. Ah, what a what a life, man! What a, this is such a trip, and I'm grateful for it. It's like I can feel that gratitude now, knowing what it's going to be like later when it's transcended, because it yeah. always goes away. That's good, man. Or you die, and then what does it matter? <laughs> right. And so it seems like you just you've been pra- you know we've both been practicing this our whole lives, and it's just been instilling in itself stronger and stronger because the next big thing that seems like a disaster will pop up and we get to draw upon the past experiences in which it actually didn't turn into a disaster. In fact, it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so the key is right at the beginning, instead of going into the suffering feeling of suffering, view it as this contrast that we're using as a catalyst through which we can experience more growth and understanding. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. It's like, Think of, think, I want the audience right now to think of the the most amazing healing moment that you've had recently or in your life. There's a moment you were at a sweat lodge or you, um, you know, just got out of the hospital or you, um, you know, you're, something happened and this immense feeling of healing washed over you because we've all had those moments. That wasn't possible without pain. You could not get to a healing moment without pain. You'd just be like, oh, I'm healed forever. Hmm. 
the joy in that there's joy in that and there's poetry yeah. in that like you can you there can is, really man. feel that like if you're like well okay those moments of healing are not possible without the pain that means you can give thanks for the pain while it's here if you can be in that moment while it's here and know it will pass and it's all temporary you can re- remain equanimous in your thoughts yeah. you know and it's just re- it's just the trick is remembering it right at the beginning because it's so easy to get into the pattern of, you get caught oh something yeah. shitty happened it reminds me of my uh, when I had my transplant how painful that was, you know, and uh, because they can't give you opioid, or, you know, they can't give you painkillers really. I was basically taking Tylenol, and they gave me an epidural, but the epidural didn't work. So after the after the transplant, I was in an insane amount of pain, more than I've ever been in, and it was about five days where I was just like laying in the chair, like moaning. You know, mm-hmm. they were coming in and asking me to be quiet because I was keeping people awake. And how dare know, they? And um, <laughs> And then it was like the first like few seconds where I didn't feel pain, which is after this five days where I could just have like, you know, maybe five seconds of not pain. It was the most elated feeling of bliss. Yeah. And so it was simply just the experience of being alive and existing and breathing Yeah. Uh, the, versus, you know, up against the contrast of all that intense pain was magnificent, you know? Yep. I think about that feeling a lot when I'm, you know, just wanting to kind of maintain that perspective of what a blessing it is just to exist at all. Yep. Yep. Even the moments of blah, you know, like we all have those moments. Like maybe it's not intense pain. Maybe it's apathy. Maybe it's like, boredom. I don't feel anything. I'm numb. Those all, those all equate to some level of pain within ourselves and we can associate, we can start digging and go, what does that feel like? I know I can't feel anything right now, but maybe it's just because I don't want to feel it. What am I actually feeling? I think it's not being aligned with your higher self. Well, it is, but just knowing that won't get you back there. <laughs> so yeah. it's like my, my, my tools for that is like, I can't feel anything. I can't feel any gratitude right now. I can't see. You can just start to coax yourself and talk to yourself a little bit and go, where is this feeling? Where, where am I actually? I don't have to feel good right now. That's okay to not feel good. I can feel, I can feel nothing right now. That's totally fine. I give myself permission to just feel, be exactly where I am right at this moment. That's okay. And then what does that feel? And dig around for a little bit and let that feeling come. And when you can start to feel something, even if it's rage, if you feel something that's better than feeling nothing because that rage inside of you that uh i'm so pissed at this person i'm anxious about this i'm you know all those things feel those things deeply and then you can get to the other side of that you can go oh but i am grateful for because once you once you get that feeling sense going again Mm -hmm. you'll get a you'll get a you'll get a sense of where you're at and when you get a sense of where you're at you locate yourself when you locate yourself you can go and grab yourself again and pull back and that's something that Aboga taught me how to do. Just, it didn't tell me, didn't give me instructions. Didn't, it just, I just can do that now, you know, huh. where I, I could go and, and retrieve myself. Yeah. You know, um, go retrieve yourself. Like we think it's unacceptable to feel bad. <laughs> it's okay to feel bad. You're going to feel bad. <laughs> well, and then giving yourself the permission to feel bad, you're no longer resisting it. Therefore it's going to come and go 
quicker. You're gonna get way. You're gonna get back to feeling good a lot sooner by giving yourself permission to feel bad. Yeah, it's like you you get a wound on your arm. You don't pretend the wound isn't there. You go and you clean it up. You pay attention to it. You go, ow, that hurts, and you put a bandage on it, and then you yeah. look after it for a couple of weeks, and it's gone. But you have to you have to bring some energy to it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah. Anyway, well, they're, they're all. I mean, all those feelings are there to teach you something. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really just everything going exactly as it should. Oh, yeah. hello, sadness and depression. Thank you for being here to remind me that I may not be thinking about the right thing right now. Yep. You know, or showing me that my belief that I have some beliefs off somewhere. You yeah. know, I'm seeing this one particular situation in my life as a death sentence when really, if I think about it, it's not because it never has been before. So it highlights things. It highlights for us where we go out of sync unknowingly, you know? Yeah. And you just touched on something that's interesting. Like thinking something might be a death sentence is just getting in touch with our intrinsic natural fear of death. And I'd say that that one of the most transformational things is if you can really start to get in there and feel it, get in there and feel your fear of death, get in there and feel it and go, what am I actually scared of? Am I, am I, am I afraid that all the things I believe about the afterlife aren't true? Am I afraid that I'm just wrong and that it's just going to be blackness? What am I afraid of? Get in touch with like what it is you're afraid of, because if you can feel it, then you're not running from it. It's okay to be scared of something because the answer will come to why you're scared of it. And there'll be, there'll be a doorway for healing at some point. But if you are not willing to look at it, you've just made a, you've made a seven story high demon when it could just be a little, you know, toddler sized demon a pocket demon and then you go like i'm not too scared of you and yeah. i can keep you around me and keep you closer to yep. me than you know than i would if i'm like oh block that in the closet because i'm so scared of it right get it out there man and well be, and love it too love it because it's there to show you something where things aren't aligned it's well a, and everybody has it yeah it's not it's part of the experience so embrace the experience this it's, yeah. it's my advice i don't know if it's helpful but it's that's, well, that's it. That's it. It works for it's me. It's good. It's the, it's the living in dubiously. It's um, essentially mentality. living in dubiously. Yeah, it is. It's um, shedding, you know, a big, big part of our journey has been shedding the, the fear of death. Mm-hmm. It's been forced into us by our, you know, quote unquote disease, which is just this other form of contrast, which has brought us all this blessing. It's been forced into us this, um, you know, awareness that life is temporary and death is eminent. And so right now is really what we have. So it's been, it's been our, our blessing and, you know, the, the information we brought through as the, you know, living in dubiously motto and ideology. Yeah. The good thing to remember is that, um, love is the natural order of things. Your soul lives in your heart. Your heart is a feeling center of the mm-hmm. universe. It's your portal and gateway to other worlds. Yeah. And so love is this. Everybody goes like, well, how can love beat fear? Or, you know, they, they feel like, you know, they're opposing forces. And they're actually not. It's the same force. Fear is actually, <laughs> fear, fear is actually much smaller because it's only of the mind. Yeah. Fear is only of the mind. It's a, it's a, it's a fabricated thing. 90% of the things you're scared of, you've, you've, You've gone up and you've thought about it, which has created fear. Well, um, it's also true. I mean, I believe that it, 
I believe that all emotions are love, even the fear. Even fear, it's a it's a perverted... It's like the baseline. It's the baseline. So it's like, why do you have fear? Because you're clinging to your life. You're clinging to your experience. You have this deep, you know, love for being alive, for existing, for yeah. having positive, you know, situations in life, for figuring your shit out. Therefore, you're clinging to it. So it's basically, it's love, you know, twisted. And yeah. so that's why, like... I've always seen myself as an alchemist of emotions. Like someone comes to me fucking pissed off at me or upset or sad or depressed or whatever. We turn, I just turn it around into love because that's what it is. And when you connect with someone on, on that level, um, we get them back, get, get people back to the baseline yeah. of, of what it is. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause like a lot for a long time, I don't know how to say this, but it's like, I don't know fear is like a for a long time I couldn't really get a sense of like I, something would piss me off and I'd know in my head that love was the answer mm -hmm. and I'd know that I didn't know how to do that though yeah I didn't know I mean, how to do happens, it I mean like every day okay like I'm I'm bopping along in my life and then something somebody says something that twists me or mean or something like that yeah and I don't know how now all of a sudden I'm faced with my own demons. And then yeah. my mind would tell me, cause I already knew the answer which which was, well, there's something inside of you that, um, is reacting to that because you don't believe you're worthy. Uh -huh. Well, and then I was like, well, great, but I don't know how to do anything different. And the trick and the thing was that I realized is that I felt like I needed to be different. Yeah. I felt I was attached to needing to, change the situation like if this goes away i'll feel better right how do i make it go away as opposed to going no that's cool you're feeling this way just be there man just just well, that's sit with funny it. because that's how you make it go away is by just accepting it right and that's what that's where i'm going with it yeah it's like once once you get to that point you go like oh yeah none of that really matters that's cool <laughs> yeah sensitive i'm a sensitive frail human that has feelings well awesome that's cool you know, I'm a, I got offended by that. That's right on party. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, why do we have to, why do we have to change it in order to feel better? Because we feel like, um, we need it to be a different way in order for us to feel happiness. And yeah. We don't need that. <laughs> and that's, it's beautiful realization. Acceptance, man. Yeah. Acceptance of where you are is the key to going to where you want to go, which is the paradox, right? Yeah. It's like we accept right where we are and love ourselves right where yeah. we are and then just focus on being a little bit better. And it's way easier to get there because we're not in a place of resistance. We're yep. in a place of love and acceptance. Yep. So. They did some uh, experiment with dopamine in the brain. Mm -hmm. And they thought that like, they, I don't know the exact experiment. It was explained to me by somebody that knows what they're talking about. But yeah. The gist of it is, is that they were, you know, what gives the most reward in life? And um, what they found was through testing these different parts of the brain, they liked it, you know, like, oh, they tested an orgasm. They tested um, somebody getting a million dollars. They tested um, this, that, the other thing. And the thing they found was, is the thing that yields the most reward in terms of dopamine in the human experience is something that takes a long time and a lot of hard focused work to complete and the, the feeling of of accomplishment 
that you get at the end of that was the highest. Wow. And it was by far the highest. Crazy. So like, like a lifelong endeavor. Like sustained gratification. Something that you, that you like, let's say you were going to get your master's degree. Yeah. And you went and you're in graduation day and you passed the exam. Yeah. That feeling... The feeling where you worked for something. And so that tells you something about the human experience is that we are constantly becoming. We're constantly overcoming because that's in our nature. Well, it's it's chemically imprinted into our brain to give us the most reward. And so the other other token of that is like had somebody just been given that master's degree, they wouldn't value it. They wouldn't get the release from it. They wouldn't get the reward from doing it. And so that tells you something about who you are you think you want something you think you want a b or c you think you want a million dollars you think you want to win the lottery you really do most people do most people think if i had a million dollars i'd be much happier and here's why they have 10 reasons why they'd be happier they'd be able to do this they'd be able to do that and nothing none of that would make them happier after the first few weeks of buying all the stuff that you wanted you're back at square one you just have nicer things and you realize you're still miserable or you're still pretty happy or you're still there's still things you want to do yeah there's still things you want to complete there's still yep. things you want to achieve and yep. so achievement is <clears throat> the highest and so that tells us that while we're in the thick of it when we're trying to achieve something and we hit the misery point that's a great point to be yeah you know no, i thought that was pretty interesting that's dope dude i mean i've known that for myself things that have taken the most work and and concerted effort over a long um, period of time. For example, my sobriety, getting to a point where I'm happy and stoked and comfortable, not <clears throat> needing any kind of substances in my life. I feel fucking great, dude. Not to mention, you know what a hill that is to climb. I feel so it gives you... proud of myself. Totally. You know? like, totally. I feel just better. I just feel f- it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I've proven to myself yeah, bro. <laughs> that I can do it. That's true. And um, anyone out there who's listening, all this stuff is available to anyone. It's just applied applied practice. Mm-hmm. All starts with the self-love and the belief in the fact that you can do what you want to do as long as you really, truly want to do it. Yep. It's easy. Well, and another thing is, is you're not going to be happy unless you do. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that... Oh yeah, well I want that, but yeah. oh, I want that, but no. You, in order to really become who you're, who you want to be, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to. Well, it's do also it. having light. It's also having some lightheartedness on the path to it, because for sure, some people get so caught up, like in the importance of the game, as if it's not a game, as if it's like that. I think that's the other side. Of this it. is yeah. the only chance, and then we're gonna die, and then we'll fucked everything up. But it's like, let's just start to think of it as. A game that what's here for fun. It's a simulation. We're sent here to do this and experience this. And when we do, it takes the seriousness off of it. And it's like, for example, someone who's on a path to sobriety. If if, the, if you have a relapse, like, are you gonna fucking beat yourself up about it, or are you just gonna get back on the train and say this is part of it because it is part of it. Mm-hmm. The average recovery person relapses like f- freaking twenty times or something, you know. It's it, it happens. That's just some statistic I pulled out of my ass, but it's something high like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like being having fun on the top on the top, on the whole journey, and then not being too hard on yourself. Shit, yeah, brother, loving yourself, man. That's a good. Um, I think it's a good a good note to leave on. Yeah, man. Well, it's it's been good. 
certainly do love all the fans and everybody that's been tuning in for yep. the Living Indubiously podcast. It's been really fun, the podcast, man. It's like not just giving this out to the people to listen to, but us having the um, opportunity to sit down and like hash out ideas and, and talk to people and yes. figure things out for ourselves. Exactly. Thank you for everybody being a part of this because for Evan and I, it helps us qualify and crystallize what, what we know and believe. So it's a, it's a big uh, therapy and medicine for us. We build the belief structure nice and strong with the foundation, and then we're able to build, build it higher and higher. And yeah, uh, yeah this is a co-creation. Whoever is listening right now, you are dreaming this little tasty dandy up, whipping it up into existence, and we appreciate that. You're doing a really good job. Yes, I Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Booyah. We'll have to have an optimal theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth.